0: Today, we're in the third part of this series called Arise. And the ultimate thing that we're trying to accomplish with this series is is to, as I began in week one, to get us to arise to new life, to get us to arise into this new way of living. Uh, And and so we've been talking about these different ways for us to live and uh, arising to new life, now arising to worship. Now today, we're going to talk on the subject of arising to give. Arise to give. And I, I want to open this up with this little illustration of this movie. Uh, I don't remember when this movie came out, and I'm not going to give the name of it because I don't remember if it was good or bad or whatever the case is. I don't want to endorse this movie. But but there was this movie that came out like in the 70s or 80s. Uh, and, and there's this one scene in this movie where there's this man, it's about this man, I believe he got some news that he was, he was dying. He, he got some bad medical news and he was dying. And so he didn't see any reason to live anymore. He just figured, you know what, I'm just going to take my own life. I'm not going to wait for this sickness to take me out. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to commit suicide. I'm going to kill myself and I'm going to take my own life. And so he decides that what he's going to do is he's going to go out to the ocean And he is going to swim out as far as he possibly can till he he can't swim anymore till his arms and his legs give out. And he's just going to let himself sink into the ocean and drown and die. That's how he's going to do it. And so he does it. He goes to the ocean and he swims out as far as he possibly can till he, he can no longer swim anymore. His arms are burning. His legs are burning. He can't swim anymore. He's far away from the shore now. And he just lets himself just sink into the water. And as he's sinking into the ocean, he's looking up at the top, the surface of the water, and he's getting further and further away from the surface. And it was in that moment that he changed his mind. And so he starts panicking and, and frantically starting to swim back up to the top of the water, and he's swimming, and he's swimming, and he finally breaks the top of the surface and says, No, I want to live. I want to live. And so he's treading water now, but now he's got a dilemma. He's got to get back to the shore. And now he's spent like his, he can no longer swim. His arms are tired, his legs are tired, and now he's got to get back to the shoreline. so he starts to have this conversation with God. And he says, okay, God, if you can help me get to the shore, I will live for you and I'll follow all the Ten Commandments. But then he realized he didn't know the Ten Commandments. So he said, okay, God, if you can help me get back to the shoreline, I- I- I'll give you 80% of everything that I have. And so he starts swimming back to the shoreline. And he gets about halfway there, and he starts to talk with God again. He's like, okay, God, if you can get me and help me get back to the shoreline, uh." I'll give you 10% of everything that I have. And so he keeps on swimming, and he's making his way closer to the shore, and he's getting closer and closer and closer. And finally, he gets to a place where the shore is pretty close, and he realizes how close he is, and then he stops to talk with God again. He says, God, forget everything I just said. I think I can make it there on my own. And he makes it to the shoreline. I shared that illustration with us this morning because I'm afraid that's how many people view giving to God. We view giving to God as if there are some dues that need to be paid. Or, or, or maybe there's this, this this obligation that needs to be met. If, if I if I give to God, maybe He'll do for me. Or maybe He'll love me more. Maybe you know I, I, things will go better for me. And so, or, or maybe if I give to God, I can secure my my membership uh, in His family. And 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 sadly enough, there are people who think and look at giving that way. When it comes to tithing or when it comes to offering, we, we, we think we're, we're fulfilling some sort of obligation. When it comes to giving or when it comes to, to tithing, we, we, we think we're paying our dues. And, and if we didn't tithe or we didn't give, then, man, we missed our dues. We didn't make our payment, so I must be out of the family of God now. But that's a totally twisted way of thinking when it comes to giving. Because that is not the way God intended for us to think about giving. That's not the way he that's not the way he intended for us to, to, to think about tithing or offering. That, that's, that's not what he's in it for. And what we're gonna see over the next few moments, and, and I'm gonna let you out early. You're gonna get out early. You might catch the cowboy game, you might not. Some of you might not care. Uh but but, but either way, I'm gonna get to this point and we're going we're gonna. We're gonna we're going to learn, and we're going to uh, grow in uh, uh, what does God think about giving? Why is, is giving important to God? What is God's intention uh, uh, towards us about giving? And so if you have your Bible this morning, go with me to First Timothy, chapter six, verse 17. First Timothy, chapter six, verse 17. First Timothy, chapter six. Verse 17, it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. First Timothy 6.17 says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, And to be generous and willing to share in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The New Living Translation says "So that they may experience true life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us this morning. Change us, transform us in Jesus name. Amen. So what is Paul telling Timothy? In other words, what Paul is telling Timothy is if you want to experience the true life, if you want to know what it really means to live, be generous. Be generous. Be a giver. Don't put all your hope in the wealth and riches of this world because that's so uncertain. That is so uncertain. Instead, put your hope in God. Trust God. God, be generous, be a giver. Then and only then will you experience true life. Because then he goes on to say in this text, he says, look, ultimately, it's not about storing up the treasures that you see here on earth. It's about storing up treasures uh, for the future. For eternity. Then and only then will you experience the true life. And so we see here already that, that there's already this prompting uh, for us to be generous. We see there's already this prompting for us to be givers. Now, giving is important to God. And, and, and I, this is not one of those messages that I, I want you to be discouraged by. I don't want you to be frustrated with because there's always this funny uh, uh, thought that comes to mind whenever the preacher or the pastor starts talking about giving or money. Like, for some in here, you may automatically be thinking, oh, man, you've already shut me off. You're like, man, forget this dude. Like, he he can't tell me how to spend my money. Then, you know, I got Christmas presents to get. Then, you know, I got money to spend. Then, you know, I got things to do. I got bills to pay. I got all these things I got to do. I don't want this guy up there telling me how to spend my money. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money, so rest assured. But I am going to tell you how God feels about giving and how God feels about generosity. Do you realize that the word give is mentioned in the Bible over 2,000 times? The word give, just the word give, over 2,000 times. That's more times than the word believe, that's more times than the word pray, that's more times than even the word love is mentioned in the Bible, and all those are important things. But for whatever reason, God mentions the word give over 2,000 times in scripture. Obviously, God is trying to communicate something to us. God is clearly trying to show us something important about giving. So why is it that you think God puts such a huge emphasis on giving? Now, what I'm about to share with you right now is probably the most important point out of this whole message. And if you don't remember anything else I say today, and and I mean this, if you don't remember anything else that I share with you this morning, Please remember this one point. If you're not taking notes this morning, write this down, jot this down in your phone, whatever you need to do. If if you are taking notes, make this real big and real bold. This is the most important point I need to make this morning. But why is giving so important to God? And I believe that reason is, is because giving makes us more like him. Giving makes us more like God. And let me explain to you what I mean. Giving makes us more like God because God is the ultimate giver. How many of you would agree with that this morning? Like you can't outgive God. He's the ultimate giver. God is a giver. God gave us the ultimate gift in Jesus. John 3 16, we know it, right? For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Like, that, that that doesn't take rocket science. We see that God gave the ultimate gift. He gave us Jesus. He gave us salvation. He is a giver. He was moved out of compassion. He was moved out of love for his sons and his daughters. And what happened? He gave. He gave. God is the ultimate giver. We cannot outgive God. So when we give, it makes us more like him. And let me explain to you some more what I mean. Have you ever given something to somebody? Maybe you gave in church or maybe you gave to help meet a need for somebody who was in need and you felt a certain way, like, like there was a sense of satisfaction. Anybody ever felt that way? Like you felt good to give, especially during the holiday season, right? Like, like when you can give to somebody, like, everybody's generous during this season for some reason. We, we are, right? We, we give gifts to one another. We buy presents, we we give to the Salvation Army, we we do all these different things. We're just in a giving mood. Why? Because it it, it makes us feel good. There's a satisfaction that happens when we give. And I believe a lot of that has to do with the fact that when we give, in, in some small way, we identify with God. We identify with our father. We become a giver like our father is a giver. There's an uh, identification that happens. There's a connection that happens with God. We become more like him. I don't know if you know my family situation, but uh, I'm the only means of testosterone in my whole house. (laughs) Like, that's it. I got two daughters Got a wife, have a mother-in-law, and a female chihuahua named Penelope. Like, that's our, that's our situation. That is our home situation right now. Very rarely is there a football game on TV. Very rarely is there sports on TV. It's not because I don't like sports. Not because I don't like football. Not because you any of those things. It's just I never I, went. I, I never went. Like, this week, it's been nothing but Hallmark movies. Like, that's all it's been. Hallmark, Hallmark, Hallmark. Hallmark Hallmark Christmas. Hallmark. Like, that's all it is. That's all it is. Like, it's been crazy. And, and, And it's always the same story, right? Like, it's the same thing. You know how it's going to go. You know what's going to happen, right? And why is it that the Hallmark towns look so perfect? Like, I want to go there for Christmas. Look at that little town. The lights are up. They're caroling outside like the snow is perfect. No cars are slipping. It's like, it's just perfect. So that's my household. It's just I'm outnumbered. I just can't win. But every so often, every so often, uh, my girls or Nancy, they'll do things that'll, that'll kind of humor me in a sense, right? Like kind of just like, we'll do that because we know you like it. You know, that we'll do that. Like, we'll watch this certain movie with you because we know you, you'll you like it, right? And, and, and nine times out of ten, it's usually like a Marvel movie or something like that, a superhero movie, like, you know, whatever, right? It's usually one of those things. They'll sit and watch it with me. Not because they really want to, but they're like, we'll let you watch it. We'll let you watch it. But the other day, my daughter, and, and the other one that really, really has my back on it that I know, like, they all humor me with it, but, but the one that's really, like, I think she enjoys it just as much as I do, is my daughter, Elena. She's my youngest. Like, I think she really likes it. And, 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 and I know it started with her trying to, you know, do something that she knew I would like. Well, the other day, and just an example, she, she came up to me uh, while I was sitting on the couch, and she says, hey, Dad, guess what? I, I got a new coloring book. I said, well, that's cool, baby. She goes, guess what coloring book it is? I said, um, unicorn coloring book. She loves unicorns. So I'm like, unicorn? She's like, nope. Barbie? Nope. Uh, baby, it could be anything. Tell me, what is it? What kind of coloring book is it? She goes, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> like she was so excited to show me she had a Spider-Man comic book. She couldn't wait to color it. But she had to tell me first that it was Spider-Man. Now, why do you think she did that? She didn't do that because she thought I would love her more that she showed her. She showed me she had that. She didn't do that because she thought oh, I, would, I would take care of her more because she showed me she had a Spider-Man comic. No, she did that. Why? Because she found a way to identify with me. Amen. Amen. And it's not going to make me love her anymore, but it does move my heart. It does move my heart some when I see, like, man, she's, she's going out of her way to identify with me. And it's a small thing, but it's still something where I see, like, yo, Spider Man, yeah, rest in peace, Stan Lee. Like, like, I'm like, this is, like, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, baby, that's awesome, right? It's the same way with giving. We don't give to get God to love us anymore. We don't give to get him to, uh, to pay attention to us more. Like, God, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm giving. We don't give for that reason. As we learned last week about worship, God doesn't need our worship. And it's the same way with giving. God doesn't need our money. But I believe he is moved when we find ways to identify with him. And giving is a way to identify with God. It's a way we identify with him. It's a way we, we find a, a, a closeness with him. It's a way we, we, we find a, a, a connection with him. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will will be refreshed, right? There is is that sense of satisfaction that happens when we are generous, when we give, and it has to do with us finding uh, an identity with God, finding a connection with God, and it moves his heart when we identify with him. But here's the flip side to that. The devil is not a giver. He's a taker. The devil is selfish. The devil is greedy. And when we are selfish, when we are greedy, when we are takers, we're identifying more with him than we are with God. See, the devil doesn't want you to identify with God. See, the devil will do whatever he can to get you to go the opposite direction. I don't want you identifying with God. I don't want you being generous like him. I don't want you being selfless like him. So he's going to devise up any type of plan he can. He's going to throw some ideas and excuses and anything that you can do that can prevent you from giving and being generous. Why? Because he doesn't want you to identify with God. And so when we give, we're saying, God, I identify with you. God, there's a closeness with you right now. Like, it's not that you love me more, but I know I'm moving your heart. I know you're pleased with me right now. When we give, we identify with God because giving makes us more like him. We don't give out of obligation. We don't give to pay our Christian membership dues. Like you tithing here to this church, it's not you paying your dues here. Like you won't get a late notice in the mail because you didn't tithe. Because when you give, I hope it's done with the intent of getting closer with God and identifying with His heart for giving. Giving makes us more like God. But here's what's even something I I think we we really need to understand. Some of us are saying, like, well, okay, I want to identify with God, I want to be more like Him, so you're telling me I should give, okay. Now we're, we're, we're going to start thinking about the amount now. Like, well, so what is it that I give? Like, how much do I give? How much is enough for, 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 for me to identify with God? How much is enough for me, to, for him to be pleased with me? How much is, a, is enough for me to give that will move his heart? And let me tell you something this morning. It's not about the amount. It's about the attitude. It is about the attitude. And so what I want to do for the next few moments is talk about the attitude or ultimately really the heart behind giving. The heart behind giving. Because just like the gentleman at the beginning uh, of the message in the story, he, he was trying to, to make a deal with God. He was trying to, to earn God's graces by, by saying what he's going to give. But ultimately, God knew. In the same way with us, God knows he knows the attitude of our heart towards giving. He knows how we really feel during the tithe and offering section of the service. He knows what it is. Because see, one of the biggest battles of the heart happens during that portion of the service. One of the biggest battles of the heart, one of the biggest fights for the love and affection of our heart comes when, when we got to pull the billfold out, when we got to pull the money out, when we got to write that check, when we got to send that, that money. Like, like, like he knows all that. You're not hiding anything from him. not hiding anything from him. It's about the attitude of the heart. So what's the attitude of the heart? What is the, the posturing of the heart when it comes to giving? What is God looking for when we give? Because he's not looking for the amount. He's looking for the attitude. He's looking for the attitude in the matter of the heart. And so when we give, Here's the attitude of the heart. God is looking for us when we give to identify with him, when we give to to be closer to him. The first is this, number one, when we give, we must give willingly. Give willingly. 2 Corinthians 8.12 says, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to to what one has, not according to what one does not have. So if the willingness is there, Am I I willing to give? Am I willing to do this? Then it's acceptable. If I'm willing to do this, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That's key right there. Because my intent to be on this platform this morning or anytime I talk about giving is not to pressure you to give. If you ever feel pressured to give, don't give. Because one, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to pressure you to do anything. He's not twisting your arm to do anything. So when I, when I speak this morning, please, I hope you hear my heart in this. This is not me pressuring you to give more. But the attitude of the heart is that we give willingly, not reluctantly. Not under pressure, not like, uh, I'll give it. I guess I'll give it. I'm feeling the pressure to do it now. Keep it. Keep it. Because I'd rather go under the guidelines of what God desires in what we receive and what we give here at the church than anybody feeling under pressure. But he says, don't give reluctantly. Don't give under pressure. Don't give under compulsion. That's not my intent here as a church. It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful Giver, The the, the second uh, uh, attitude of the heart that we have need to have in our giving is we need to give thankfully. Give thankfully. Psalm 116, 12, the psalmist says this. He says, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? What shall I give back to the Lord for how good he's been to me? And you know the truth about that? You can't. You can't match. God in his giving. He's already been too good to you. As a matter of fact, he's been so good to you, there's absolutely nothing you can do that could repay him. Because he doesn't need your repayment. But the psalmist asked the question, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? But if there was one thing we could give back to God, I believe it's our gratitude. When we give, we don't give to pay dues. We don't give to meet an obligation. But what if we just flipped it and said, man, I'm giving because I'm thankful. I'm giving because I'm grateful. One of the things in our household that we do, and we've been doing this since we've been married, but we, as soon as we get a paycheck, as soon as we get paid, as soon as we get any type of money in, whatever that case is, we, we immediately just put it out, put it out. We, we give, we tithe, we, we do what we need to do with it before we do anything, before we pay any bills, before we do any of that. And, and, and it's gotten to the point where it, it's a habit of us doing that. we just automatically doing that. And so sometimes, even now, even with automatic giving and all this stuff you can do, sometimes it's just easy just to do it. Just get it out, get it out, get it out. But what I've been guilty of is it, sometimes it goes out so fast that I don't stop and think about for a moment why I'm doing this. So what I've, what I've started to train myself to do personally is to not do it so fast, but to sit and stop and think and say, God... Thank you for the ability to even do this. Thank you for the paycheck that I get. Thank you for the ability to work and provide for my family. Thank you. Thank you. And as I send this 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 tithe through, as I send this offering through, whatever it is, as I send this through, Lord, let this let this be just a token of my my gratitude towards you. I know you don't need this, but my heart does. My heart needs to do this. And so when you give, give thankfully. Give thankfully. When you worship, worship thankfully. When you worship, worship with gratitude. When you give, give with gratitude. See, see, when you worship, it, it is a reminder to you of how good God has been to you. When you sing songs of worship, when you, you're, you're singing, you're worshiping to God, but it's also reminded you, too, of his goodness. We were singing this morning, and I had to get on my knees because I was like, God, who is like you? Like, really, who is like you? No one, no one is like you. No one compares to you. And then we start singing about our gratitude. We start saying thank you. We start saying these things. They're they're nice melodies and a nice tune. But you know what? To be honest, I don't care if they carry the note at all. The reality is it is a reminder to me of how good you've been to me. How overwhelmingly good and awesome you've been in my life when I didn't even deserve it. How faithful you've been to me when I've been so unfaithful to you. Give thankfully. Give with gratitude. Third attitude of the heart in our giving that we need to pay attention to is that we need to give joyfully. For it says, for God loves a cheerful, giver a cheerful gi- giver cheerful literally meaning the greek translation literally means to have fun to have fun to find the joy to be happy about it hilariously give give joyfully when was the last time you gave hilariously When was the last time you were laughing as you gave? Oh, God, I can't wait to give this to you, God. Oh, God, this is so fun to me. When was the last time that happened? Or was your mind consumed with, okay, God. You know I got to eat this week. I got to pay that Direct TV bill this week. Got to keep my Netflix on this week, God. I got, what's our, what is our mind like when we give? What is our attitude when we give? Is it really joyfully? Is it really hilarious? Is it really cheerful? Do I, am I happy when I give? Because according to the text, Ultimately, if you're reluctant in giving, he says not reluctantly. So note, in other words, what he's saying is, man, I'd rather you just keep that. Because your, your heart with that, your attitude with that is not joyful. It's not cheerful. It's not hilarious. And I know that's a dangerous thing for a pastor to say when it comes to tithe and offering. Because some of you are like, okay then. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it. Like some of you thought that for real. You're like, find it. he don't want my money. (laughs) Keep it. If you're reluctant to do it. I mean that. Because I trust him too much. I trust his word too much. If he says don't do it reluctantly, then I'm going to tell you to keep it if you're reluctant to do it. But he says, give joyfully, give cheerfully, give hilariously. Enjoy it when you give. Enjoy it when you give. And then the fourth and final attitude of the heart that we need to have when we give. And this is, this is super cool. Because we can also give expectantly. And what does that mean? Now, we don't give to get. Like, I'm not giving because I'm like, God, I'm giving now. You see me giving now. I expect something miraculous, financial something breakthrough next week. Like, I expect it to happen. Like, I'm giving this $100 today, God, because I'm expecting $10,000 in the mail this week, God. It don't happen that way all the time. But if it does, and it happens to you in here, like, I need you to come lay hands on this billfold for me, please, please. We don't give to get, but we can give expectant. Why? Because God is faithful. And what can I expect from God? I can expect his provision. I can expect that he's got me. Why? Because when I give expectantly, that is me giving in faith. I'm not just giving loosely. I'm I'm giving in faith. I'm giving expectant. I'm like, God, you've got me. God, thank you for providing for me. God, thank you that you're gonna continue to provide for me. God, thank you that you're gonna meet all my needs. God, thank you that my bills are gonna be paid. God, thank you. Thank you for the house that I have. Thank you for the heat. Thank you for the clothes on my back. Thank you for the food I get to eat. Lord, thank you. I'm expecting God's gonna provide for me, I give expecting that. But here's the thing. God uses finances. He uses giving. He uses money really to test our faith. How much do you really trust him? You can say you trust him, but when it comes down to it, when it really comes down to it, it's it's, it's the giving part that many people have the problem with. It really is. It's the giving part, as I said earlier, where the battle is happening. Why? Because I think we lack trust. But we can give expectantly. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, we've heard this passage of Scripture time and time again when it comes to giving. but, But there's so much truth to it. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, right, that there may be food in my house. And then he goes on to say, he says, test me in this. God said, test me. I'm not scared give test me test me in this says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it he says test me in this when else do you hear God say test me But it just so happens when it comes to our finance, when it comes to our money, God is saying, hey, test me in this. See if I don't open up those floodgates for you. See if I don't bless you. See if I don't provide for you. But it doesn't just stop there. God continues on, verse 11. He says, I will prevent Pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I didn't say that. He said it. He made that statement. Either I believe it or I don't. And oftentimes there, 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 is a, there is a level of teaching that 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 really. It, it, granted, yes, people have abused and abused and abused giving in church for ages. Pastors, preachers, every, every people have people have totally abused giving and taken advantage of people in the church and their giving. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen what that causes. I've seen what that does. I've seen how destructive that is. I've seen people lie to get people to give more. I've seen people manipulate to get people to give. I've seen it all. I've seen it. I've seen how corrupt people can be. I've seen that. And what's happened is it's created this, this lack of trust when it comes to the church and finance. But if that's your excuse for not giving, If you say, no, I don't give because, you know, I don't know what they do with the money. I don't even trust him. If that's your excuse because of what others have done, then you know what? I hate that you experienced that. I hate that that stuff even happens. But I can only go by what the Lord says. And when he makes that promise to me, when he makes that promise to us, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I say, "You know what? Yeah, that's messed up. But I'm not going to let that discourage me from believing in his promise and from trusting him. I'm going to continue to give. I'm going to continue to be obedient and tithe. I'm going to continue to be an obedient in my offering. I'm going to continue to be an obedient, be obedient. Why? Because I trust him. I trust him. He said to test him in this, and I'm testing him in this. Been faithful in it. And let me tell you something. Never gone without. God has always provided. He may not have provided in the ways I thought he was going to provide. Sometimes God used other people to provide. Who's ever been there before? That is still God providing. That is still him coming through for you. That's his promise. Doesn't matter how it gets there, it's going to get there. So when you give, you can give expectantly. You can give expectantly. You can give in faith. And so this morning, I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up, and I'm going to ask our ushers to prepare to receive this morning's tithe and offering. I was extremely intentional about why I did this, because I, I, I want you to get and understand why we do this part of the service. Why we give. And this morning, you get an opportunity to identify with God. You get an opportunity to identify with his heart. You get an opportunity to, to, to move God's heart this morning, not because of the amount you give, not, because, and not any of that, just the fact he's saying, look at them down there, they're identifying with me. Look at those givers down there. This is happening all over the country, all over the world. But when you give this morning, give willingly. If you're reluctant and you feel pressured to do it, if I I came across as I have pressured you this morning, I apologize. Don't do it. Don't do it. I just want people to identify with God. I want people to be, I, I want to be more like him. I just want to be more like him. He's the ultimate in generosity. He's the ultimate giver. So it, it is safe to say that now what we are doing is we are identifying with him, but also not only that, we are also in worship. We are worshiping because now we are saying, God, I trust you with my finances. I trust you in my giving. I trust you with this tithe. I trust you with this offering. I trust you. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you are not a tither, you've never tithed before. A tithe, simply put, is a tenth of your income, a tenth of your earnings. Whoa, a tenth? Yes. Yes a tenth, a tenth, it's not your dues, it's not an obligation, it's just just identifying with God, when I tithe a tenth, when I tithe, I'm tithing willingly, I'm tithing thankfully, I'm tithing joyfully. I'm excited to do that. I really am. I'm excited to give. But I can also give expectantly to God. I know you've got me. There have been some instances where we've given and we've even given to somebody else in need. And we weren't even in the best financial situation to even do that. But we just felt strongly we needed to do that. And we did it because we trusted God. And we felt a sense of, uh, of satisfaction in, in, in identifying with him and connected with him, a closeness with him. And we felt that in that moment. And that was so great. But you know what's so awesome in that? Even when we gave and we financially weren't even in the best place financially to even give, he provided he came through. And tithing and offering like what we do here in the church, this is just one aspect of giving. This is, this is just one means of giving. But there are, there are people in need even throughout this church. There are people struggling throughout this church. There are people wondering how they're going to get through Christmas in the church. There are people wondering how they're going to pay their bill next week. There are people wondering. There are people even afraid. uncertain. God says just to test me in this. Take that however you want to. But I'm trusting today that the Holy Spirit was challenging some of you. Say, man, I've never tithed before. You know what? I'm going to start tithing today. If this is your home church and you consider this your home church, you consider this the place where you come, then I'm going to start tithing today. If this isn't your home church and you have a home church, find that church, send your tithe to your home church. If you're visiting with us for the first time, you're no obligation to tithe here at all. But I'm just telling you what God has said. Because I don't know about you. I want to identify with God. I'm going to do what my dad does. I want to do what my dad does. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. This morning, we are taking the step to identify with you. This morning we say thank you for being so generous to every single one of us here. So generous, Lord, you gave your son for us. Your son that died for us. You are the ultimate giver. You are the ultimate in generosity. And God, today in this moment, we want to identify with that characteristic of your life, of who you are. So, Lord, as we give today, Lord, we are giving willingly. We are giving thankfully, Lord. We are grateful for our jobs. We're grateful that we receive a paycheck. God, we are grateful. And we give joyfully. We're excited to give. And we also give expectantly, knowing that you are going to provide. You are going to be our provision. And we trust you. We trust you this morning. We trust you in our finances. We trust you. With our jobs, we trust you that our bills will be paid. We trust you that our needs will be met. We trust you. We trust you. And we thank you. We thank you for being a giver. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you as you give. Let me ask you to stand to your feet as soon as you give. And let's just worship. Let's just set our heart and our affection to worship.